stubborn, isn't she? She gets an idea in her head, and she just goes with it. She likes power and authority. And you know what? I think a lot of us do, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that in its proper context. I think that we want to do great and mighty things in our lives, and I think that God wants us to do that. One of the things I remembered yesterday with being out with everyone on the kayaks is uh, the fact that we're here to care for one another and to lead one another in the ways of God. But sometimes our desires for greatness can take a turn for the worst. And that's what we want to avoid because we want to experience all the goodness of God. And Scripture tells us how it is that we can do that. Paul spoke to uh, the church in Philippi about the human condition when he was talking about greatness. He was reminding people that when they think of themselves and the things that they desire to accomplish, not to be self-absorbed, but to remember that that they're there for the, the people around them, to actually consider other people more important than themselves. He talked to us about living lives of humility as opposed to lives of pride because it's important to remember that when Christ came into Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, he could have come into that town in power and glory, but instead he chose to come in in peace and humility. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. The Word of God says, Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who who though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, assuming human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself. And and, And being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him even more highly and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name given to Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you and thank you for this time that you've given us and just ask that you be with each and every one of us. Father God, send your spirit into this house to, to touch our hearts, to touch our lives, to impact us and, and change us in a way that would bring us into a more lasting image of you. Father, during this time, I ask that you be with me. Give me guidance. Give me words of hope and inspiration, but empty me that I should desire to not speak my will, but fill me with your spirit, that every word I would speak would come from your throne for the edification of your church. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I remember growing up, I grew up poor, I didn't have a lot, and I thought that there were certain things in my life that, that me and my relatives never would be able to attain because of our social status. My cousin, Michael Spriggs, was a an amazing person in my life. He was a, a little bit younger than me, but something remarkable happened in his life. When we were young, Michael's older brother 
had went off to college in Tacoa, Georgia. And he had come back home to visit one weekend. Now, the thing that was unique, unique about Mark was, by law, he was legally blind. But he didn't let that blindness stop him. He went on fighting the blindness and became an auto body technician. He couldn't see every dent and every scratch in the automobiles he worked on, but he could feel his way through it and feel his way through the repairs. The other thing that he did when, by overcoming his blindness was to fulfill his passion for music. And he became a drummer in a local rock and roll band. Mark was an amazing person. But one day Mark came home, and I guess he was too full of himself. One of his buddies had brought a motorcycle uh, down from college that he had just purchased. Is a, we call them the crotch rockets, the, the Japanese motorcycles where you have to lean over into them. And Mark could not resist the temptation of getting on that motorcycle. He thought, I've done everything else. I can do that. Not a problem. Well, Mark got on the motorcycle, and he rode down the road to Rock Springs United Methodist Church, my home church, and on the way back, he came into a curve, and he missed the curve, and at that point, Mark lost his life. Mark was a tremendous impact on all of our lives, and this is how it impacted Michael. This is the important thing to hear. Michael saw Mark's willingness to endure hardship. He saw Mark's willingness to, to not let an obstacle stand in front of him and be in his way. So when it came time to deal with the loss of his brother, he remembered the actions that he lived out in life, and he overcame that tragedy and went on with his life. Michael, to me, was, was and is an amazing person. Even through the pain and through the sorrow and through the doubt of, of what tomorrow would look like in the absence of his brothers, he clung to one that was stronger and mightier and more hopeful than anyone could be. Michael gave his life over to Jesus Christ and turned his life around and began living for God. I will never forget it, and here's why I will never never forget it. The, the young man that I hung out with all the time that lived right down the road from me all of a sudden disappeared out of my life. We never saw him. We never talked to him. And you think that that's a bad thing, but it's not. It was a great thing. He was taking charge of his life. He knew that the circumstances around his life was going to do two things. It was either going to cause him to fail or cause him to rise. So Michael separated himself from the life that once was and created a new life for himself. Now, he went on to, to not only graduate high school, but, but he started running cross-country and running track and, and became one of the greatest athletes at North Gwinnett High School. He went on to college in Mobile, Alabama, graduated there, and uh, put down roots there, where today he teaches science, and he is uh, one of their coach uh, track and field runners and cross-country coaches. And the thing that I love about it is that he remained humble through the whole process. And there's a lot to say about that. Because it is so hard for us as a people to remain humble when we create for ourselves the lives that we want. We want to, to come back and lean on our own ability and our own thoughts of how we accomplished everything. But what we have to remember is this, that we were never alone in the accomplishments of our goals. God was always with us. 
from the very beginning. It was God's Holy Spirit that, that woke us up in the morning. It was God's Holy Spirit that, that pushed us to do the things that, that others and maybe even ourselves thought to be the impossible. And we see that in Jesus' life. I can't only imagine what he experienced when he was walking this earth. He was a humble man with very poor beginnings. And yet he was sought after by so many. When the people began to hear Jesus teach, they clung to his words and began to just immediately follow him around. Could you imagine what that would be like? That if you as an individual would stand up in a crowd of people today and begin to speak what was on your heart and mind, thinking that possibly no one's even paying attention. But as you begin to walk away, you look back, not one, not two, but an entire crowd of people are following you. And they're following you because of the actions that you performed in their lives. We could assume that that we would start feeling extremely confident about ourselves and about our abilities. And there is nothing wrong with that in its correct context. But the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that little donkey, I couldn't imagine what I would have felt had I had that experience. You see, he was en route to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And as he came to the Mount of Olives, he, he sent two of his disciples out into the area and told them, said, you know, go out and you find this colt and it'll be tied up. And it's not just any colt, it's a, it's a colt that no one has even ridden. And you untie that colt and you bring it back to me. And lo and behold, that is exactly what they did. They, they went out into the area, and they found the colt, and it was sitting there, and it was tied to the thing, and they went over to untie it. The owner come up, as one account says, and, and asked, you know, well, what are you doing with my donkey? And, and he, he, they told him what the Lord said. He said, well, the Lord said that he's in need of the donkey. And, and it's amazing that the man just took them at his word and basically said, yes, go ahead and take it. So they took that donkey, that colt, and presented it to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus mounted that beast and began his journey toward Jerusalem. I don't know if you're familiar with, with donkeys, uh, but they, they are really incredible animals. They carry a heavy burden. Throughout history, they've been known to, to carry people's resources when they're going through the mountains or on long journeys. They can carry a, a massive amount of weight. And it was a donkey that Mary was riding when she carried Christ as her child in her womb. But on this particular day, this donkey presented for us today a wonderful, wonderful symbol. That Christ came into this world 
to bring peace, not war. Now, I know that we as a people and as nations find ourselves many times having to go to war in order to protect our freedoms and the freedoms of others. And and we have to go to war sometimes to, to protect the lives of other people. So when we talk about Jesus bringing peace and not war, I don't, I don't think he's talking just specifically about the, the physical manifestation. But I think that what he's really and truly talking about is the war that wages within our hearts and our minds. That when our spirit fights with our own lustful desires, that Jesus comes into the picture riding on that animal, stating to the world, peace I bring to you, my peace I give to you. And it's a peace that no man has ever been able to understand. That when we begin having that internal struggle, that that we have the ability to take control of our circumstances and our situation and say to whatever war that is that's going on inside of us, that Christ Jesus came into the world, that I can live in peace and cease that battle from beginning, sometimes before it even starts. He gave us the ability to look at all circumstances within our lives and understand that that we're not an overtaken people, but that we are a people of power and of authority. But it's important for us to remember that that power and authority and the ability comes from God above. Though we may have gifts and talents within us, It's God's Holy Spirit that that works in our hearts and works in our minds, that that takes those abilities and draws them out of us, that empowers us to, to move forward even into darkness. And if we were to try and do those things on our own, would it not be logical to think that maybe we would exalt ourselves up in our own circumstances? I think we would. I think that that many times in life I've been guilty of doing the same thing to where I'm so proud of something that I've accomplished that that I run through the town screaming, look what I've done. Look how I impacted someone else's lives or or, or look at the life that I built for myself. I do it all the time when when I share my testimony, though unintentional, I like to think that that when I talk about the people that I've met who who come to know Jesus because of the way I shared my uh, witness with them, that they changed their lives. But it's important to remember that, that God is the one that gave me the story to start with. Did he not? He's the one who set forth our lives. He is the one who began to reveal himself to us through all of life's circumstances the stories that we have, the the lies that we've lived, and the blessings that we have shared with other people have all come from the Father above. I can only imagine what Christ would have felt like on that day he rode into Jerusalem. The crowd saw him coming from a distance. And before he could even reach the town, they began to approach him. And they were laying down their coats 
on the ground. And they were waving the palm branches and laying them down as if they were rolling out a red carpet for a king to come into their life. How hard it must have been for him to remain humble. But when we look at his life and the actions that he performed, we see the opportunity for for pride and arrogance to arise in his life, but, but what we saw instead was love and mercy and humility. It is wonderful to know the accomplishments we've made in our lives. But it's also wonderful to remember that a little humility never hurt, but in many cases has always helped. Someone was talking with me yesterday about our event. And you may not know, but it was more than just a bunch of people going down a river in some kayaks. Individually, as I was in the back and began talking with people, they were telling me how special this event was, and these are people who have been out on this river with these same groups before. And they said what was different about this one was that it was blessed. That they knew that that it came together not just because of mere man, but because God had a hand in it. And several of them said that it was the first time that they actually had the opportunity to speak and learn about the people that were with them that day. I could have got a big head as I began to brag about those who put the event together. And truthfully, I almost did because I I could feel the pride welling up inside of me. And I had to stop myself and say, we're here because God called us here. And I think sometimes that if we remember that, that people will have a better reaction to us individually and as a whole. Even though we want to brag, I'm here to tell you that that people want to follow someone who listens and pays attention. They want to follow someone who, who sees their needs and helps them meet them. They want to follow someone who looks within them and sees ability and draws that ability out. The world may offer a different understanding. Christ offers a way for us as a people to succeed in life, to impact all of those around us, and to become the leaders under humble circumstances that is required of us to build God's community. You see, as we approach Easter Sunday, I have to remember this about myself. 
that had it not been for Christ's sacrifice at Calvary, I wouldn't be here with you today. And the stories that God has written in my life are much like the ones that he has written in your life. So when you share them, share them fully, not just with what you've done and how you impacted, but how God worked in you to change the world around you. See, Scripture says that because of Christ's humble acts, he was exalted. And the same thing happens with us as a people. That when we remain humble throughout all the acts that God performs around us, and throughout all the deeds that we do, you may not realize it, but in the eyes of others, you are exalted in their lives. So on this Palm Sunday, let us remember this, that Christ rode into Jerusalem to bring peace and not wage war. He rode into Jerusalem to show us today as well as yesterday the glory that one receives through humble acts of kindness. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come in your house. Help us to remember, Father God, the humility that, that Christ experienced in his life, the example that he gave us to live. And help us as we grow into greatness to keep our eyes humbly focused on the cross. Father God, we know that all blessings that we as a people receive come down from you. And help us to be that example to our community in grace and mercy as you pour out your spirit upon all of us gathered here today and all gathered into our community. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite everyone to uh, join me as we prepare for Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And so, with your people on earth, with all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.
Now please join me as we pray as Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. After Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day, he performed many different acts. When the Pharisees saw the people gathering and shouting out words like, Hosanna in the highest, and blessed be the name of the Lord, they turned and they said to Jesus, Make these people be quiet. And Jesus said, Even if I silenced them, the rocks would cry out, Glory to my name. You see, even if we as a people are silenced, heaven and earth declares the glory of God. And Christ realized that when he gave us Holy Communion. Father God, we ask that through Holy Communion that we remember your sacrifice on the cross and that we remember to carry that with us throughout all of our days. Help us to remember that the bread that we have broken is symbolic of the blood or the body that was given on our behalf and that the wine that we consume is symbolic of the blood that was shed for the multitude of sins. Father, be with us as we depart here today to go out to your community to be the church that the community needs. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father God, we ask that you bless every person gathered here today. Father, we thank everyone who has given of their time and service to you. And for this day, that as we prepare to gather for lunch, ask that you bless the people who have given of that time for the preparation of the meals. And we ask that you bless the food for the nourishment of our bodies, that your name will be glorified here in the community. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.